mine now. You belong to me. Today we are going to play a new fun game. Hello and welcome to the Twin Picks podcast. My name is L. Ron Dan. My name is Ron L. Nicole. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do. This is our Halloween episode and this time we're going to be talking about cults. We've got two cult films to talk about or two films that feature cults, not cult films. They are Midsummer and The Ritual. After that, we're going to be picking our topic and our films for next week. And it's back to you this time and you're picking the topic. The final section is Stitch Up. I lost a poll last time and I had to watch Romance on the menu. Ha, 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 ha. Uh, also, in that fi- in that final section, we'll announce the poll results. Yeah, and then we we'll announce the films for the next the next voting team. Before we get to any of that, though, we have a first section. What we call anything goes. We just talk about anything we want. So, how have you been, Nicole? Oh, sorry, Ron L. Nicole. I've been very good. How have you been? Yeah, pretty L- good, mate. L. L- Ron. <laughs> L. Ron Dan. Just call me L. R. D. That would do. L. R. D. Lerd. Lerd. I've been all right, mate. I just, like everyone else in the, in the country, I'm just sitting next to my telephone waiting for it to notify me that my area has gone into high alert COVID thing. I'm in medium at the moment. It's a weird one. So I'm just sort of sitting next to my phone, just looking for the next update and watching films and, you know, planning a podcast, I guess. This is basically yeah. my life at the moment. It's, I'm treating this like a sort of a job. So I'm applying for jobs, but the podcast is yeah. sort of my actual job at the moment. It's weird. You would think it would have improved a lot, wouldn't you? <laughs> oh, no, it's, it's been all right, I think. It's been I think all right. we're doing been, okay. I've been having fun. That's all that matters. Yeah. yeah, and we've got a new Instagram page. We're getting there. We're getting there. But it's so much work, isn't it? You don't realise how much work it is. You're like, let's do a I podcast. Know. And you're like, was that a good idea? <laughs> it's, it's, <laughs> I enjoy it, though. It's kept me sane. I'll be, I'll be honest with you. It's kept me sane in this, in this current climate. Yeah, but what about what have you been up to? Very busy at work this week. Tomorrow is a public holiday, so I'm going to catch up with my best friend because our five our stupid 5K rule has now been lifted so we can travel 25Ks out of around our household. Anyway, that's not important. What is important is I got my DNA test results back. How, how many percentages? How many different nationalities are you? I think technically it's split into seven. So... The most percentage of 69.6%. Hey. So South uh, Europe, which includes Italian, Greek, and South Italy. Okay. And then 17.4% African heritage. So the 16.6% comes from North Africa, and then 0.8% comes from Nigerian background. Uh, Asian, it says West Asian, 8.4, and then Middle East is 4.6. And they're like all spread all, all over the world because obviously people migrate. So I've got like people in the, st- I've got so-called distant family in the States, in like South America, in the UK as well, everywhere. So hey. in Morocco. So yeah. Yeah. Well, we all, we all started in Africa, right? And migrated from there into Europe and, oh, and then okay. to the Americas yeah. and I'm sure that's what we did. I don't know, I wasn't there. Sure. <laughs> well, congratulations. It's quite fascinating. Yeah. You should get one done. We'll see what your heritage is like. What do you reckon? I reckon I've, I've got oh, some Scandinavians in me. Guaranteed, yeah. That's what I reckon. 
kind of relevant as well to our, our topic this week, isn't it? Both of our films it were is. set in Sweden. Yes. I've been to Norway and it was crap. It was crap. You didn't like Norway. Were you only there for the day? I went for one, I, I went for one day. I went to Oslo and I didn't, it's not oh, really yeah. Norway, is it? I just went to another city. <laughs> it looks like any other city. It was very yeah. difficult to find alcohol. That's why I didn't like it very much. But why are we talking about Scandinavia? Because you think your your DNA comes from Scandinavia. All right, let's cut that, Fred. Films, <laughs> films we've been watching then. So I've watched eight films this week. A little bit down on what I usually would watch, but at least it's still one more than one a day average. First one I watched was VHS Two, and that's like an anthology horror film, and it's got a section in it that was directed by Gareth Evans, who did the raid. That it's got a, a scene in it that's about cult, and that's the Gareth Evans. That's the Gareth Evans bit. And it's really interesting. It's crazy. Like, I would say, just, just watch that section. The rest of the films are okay. But that, that, that particular bit is brilliant. <laughs> it's, it's about a cult. And um, these, these kind of journalists go in and they're investigating what this cult's about. And it sort of goes deeper into what it's about. And you see certain things that happen. And you're like, what's going on? And then it gets weirder and weirder and weirder. And the ending is quite hilarious, actually. But I recommend giving that a watch. Uh, after that, I watched a film called Detention. And then I watched a film called The Kings of Summer. You ever heard of this one, Nick? No. It's a coming-of-age film. So it's, um, okay. it's about three young boys, and they basically build a shack out in the woods, and they want to spend their summer there. But it's very, very funny. It's got some really dry humour in it. There's some really funny performances in it. And it's excellent. I really, really enjoyed it. Maybe if we do a coming of age double bill, we can we can slip that in. Yeah, cool. She said. And then I watched Triple Threats. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't what? And I watched Triple Threat, which is a martial arts film with Iko Uwais, which was all right. After that, I watched a Kevin Smith film called Red State, which was in last week's honourable mentions. So yeah, it's it's kind of it's about a cult leader who's played by Michael Parks, and it's sort of based on a Fred Phelps guy who ran Westboro Baptist Church up until his death. And, uh, so I started to go down, because that was based on Fred Phelps, I started to go down the documentary rabbit hole. I watched a couple of Louis Theroux documentaries about Westboro Baptist Church. Oh, yeah. He did one back in 2007, and then he followed it up again four or five years later, I think. Yeah, he had a short interview with, with Fred Phelps, and obviously he went on some of their rallies uh, with them to check out what they were doing, and obviously they're the ones that hold up these these signs that you know got some very nasty horrible things that they say about people but it's a very interesting documentary and it's, it's, it's cults isn't it and it's they all cults are the same they all have some crazy thing that you've got to abide by these out there things they've all got a charismatic leader film foods commented on one of our posts and they were talking about another cult called nexium yeah, because on Stan this week they've they've released this uh, new series called Seduce, which is about Nexum, mm. but they're doing it one episode per week. Because I was hoping to watch the whole series and then talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, um, did you? Is that what you watched this week? No, um, I couldn't find them, so I just went on to YouTube. But there was there's loads on YouTube. I watched interviews with yeah. people that had come out of it. Or, or Michael Rosenbaum, who used to, who was Lex Luthor on that Smallville show back in the day. He obviously worked with, I think it's Alison Mack. So he had interviewed someone that also had come out of the that organisation. So I listened to that. And then various couple of interviews with Keith Renier and Alison Mack. And it's all very strange with all of the... Obviously, mm. the mutilations and stuff like that. It's a weird thing, isn't it? 
Yeah. And the episode that I watched, it was just about, you know, them sucking these people in. So I'm looking forward to watching it over the next couple of weeks and seeing how messed up it is. Yeah. When I first uh, came on the show this year, I was talking about Stateless. There's a bit of cult, uh, culty vibes at the start of that series because the the flight attendant she's part of this dance group and she puts money into it and it's kind of culty in a way but then the leader of this dance academy he abuses her yeah it's like how most most cults end up turning abusive power isn't it it's just egos at the end of the day it's one big fucking ego that just gets drunk on the power Maybe sometimes, mm. a lot of the time, maybe most of the time even, it starts with good intentions. Who knows? I, I don't know. Psychology of cult leaders. But it seems it seems to me that they all, at some point, seem somewhat reasonable. You know, I hope that's not taken out of context, but there seems to be something in mm. there that draws people in. But cults are bad. Yeah. I've, I've never heard of a good cult before. No. No, me neither. <laughs> what have you been watching, mate? Um... I've watched a few random films this week. I watched Bombshell because that just recently came on to Prime. I remember when it first came out, everyone's like, oh, I was a bit overrated. And I'm, I'm kind of glad that I had that mentality watching this film because it was, it, was, it was fine. It wasn't, like, amazing or anything. Yeah. And then I watched a documentary called American Murder, The Family Next Door. And it's interesting how they've... How they've uh, put this documentary together because it's a lot of uh, video footage that she's put on social media as well as camera footage from the police officers when they arrived at the house. It was very interesting seeing a documentary put in this way. I do enjoy a, a true crime doco or film. They're fascinating, aren't they? Like I, I find that I, I'd fall down rabbit holes for a week or two consume mm. loads of these things and then i'll just go off it because it's like a little bit depressing isn't it <laughs> i need to be i need to watch something uplifting yeah my little pony or something that's good to know that you like my little pony dan oh it's brilliant and then i had to watch something a little bit easy and uplifting so what <laughs> rumor has it which rumor is rumor has it yeah, what's it was, that never heard of it romantic comedy yeah i guess so it's got jennifer aniston <laughs> and then I went really dark and then watched the <laughs> others. It's a bit of a mind playing, I guess, that film. Uh, I watched a Spanish film called The Platform. Oh, I've seen this. Yeah. The concept is quite interesting. So it's the film is about a jail that is vertical and there's only two inmates on every level mm. and there's this massive square hole uh, every day food gets delivered. And it's like a massive buffet. But you, obviously, if you live on 100th floor, there's going to be little food because it's just, if you know, first grabs, you take as much food as you want. I didn't mind it. I thought it was, I thought it was great. I thought it was um, a very good representation of society, I guess, and capitalism yeah. and everything. I mean, it's a very, it was a very on-the-nose thing wasn't it i mean it was obvious what it was about there was no subtlety in it but i did mm. enjoy it it sort of had cubey vibes uh, sort of a, a cube but a little bit with a little bit more of a message I I thank you that's pretty good yeah pretty good sci-fi film yeah. i think that's on prime and then the last thing well i haven't fully seen it but i i plan to watch the series fully watch the series next week the haunting of the bly manor 
technically I've only seen the first episode, but they did another series last year or the year before, kind of like American Horror. Yeah, I think it was the Haunting on Hill House, on Hill, 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 yeah. Hill House Hill, yeah. Haunting of Hill that House. Sounds about right. One of those is correct. We'll cut the right one in. Okay, let's move on to section two then, where we're going to be talking about Midsummer and the ritual. As it was my choice of theme, it's Ooh, my turn yes. to do the intro for the topic, which is cults. So I've been bleating on for ages about falling down cult rabbit holes and watching this documentary and that, listening to that podcast. And I've been sort of thinking, which, you know, if I was not saying that I would, obviously, but mm. if I if I had to join a cult, what would be the one that would suit me best? So what I did is I went on to Google and I just typed in what cult should I join? And it took me to a quiz. I answered the questions and I got Scientology, which makes a lot of sense. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I wondered um, what cult you should join, Nicole. So I've got mm. this quiz here and I'm going to ask you the questions. And if this goes horribly wrong, I've got a quiz to back it up, which we'll probably just okay. do that as well anyway. So first, enter your name. Ron L. Nicole. Start the quiz. Okay. All right. Question number one of eight. There are eight questions, right? Question number one. Okay. What's your ideal Friday night activity? Number one, cooking a huge pasta feast for my boys. Number two, at a concert, Snapchatting my awesome life. Yes. Well, number three, looking up at the stars and imagining a home up there. I'll say number one. Cooking a huge pasta feast for my boys. For my boys. Question number two. What people do you get along with best? Answer mm. number one. Everyone's so fake. Ah. Number two. People who can see the truth. Number three. Italians. To say Italians. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. I'll go Italians. Why not? And I thought you was going to go with Italians. <laughs> Question number three. What is your spirit animal? Oh, Once, here we go. Option number one. <laughs> a unicorn because unique and always shining for my Fenty highlighter. Number two, my zodiac sign or an alien, if that counts. Or number three, garlic. Garlic? Or number three, Garfield, because I love lasagna. Let's go unicorn. Why unicorn. the fuck not? All right. <laughs> Question number four. What's your go-to outfit? Option number one, I always wear a bib and a red shirt to hide the marinara stains. <laughs> number two, I always wear business attire so people take me seriously. Or number three, I never repeat an outfit ever. Uh, and unfortunately, they didn't have dinosaur costume on there, so I couldn't ask you that. Oh, none of the above. That's not an option. You've got to choose one. Oh, I was going to go, hey, wear a bib so I don't get bloody Italian sauce on me. <laughs> yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. <laughs> Question number five. What do you binge on Netflix on your days off? Documentaries about space and the human condition, Pretty Little Liars or Gossip Girl, or MasterChef or Hell's Kitchen? Oh, out of those... I guess the last one. Master Chef. Yeah. Okay. Question number six. What's your favorite things about yourself? Number one, my face. It's so Instagrammable. Number two, oh, God. my insatiable appetite. <laughs> or number three, my vast intellect. Let's go. Let's go number two. Doing a number two. Question number seven. 
if you were a cake, what would you be and how would you serve yourself? Number one. What is these questions? <laughs> it's a very serious thing, Nicole. <laughs> this is about which cult you should join. This will determine the rest of your life. Is this from Cosmo magazine or something? Uh, uquiz.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go on. All right, question number seven. If you were a cake, what would you be and how would you serve yourself? Number one, is lasagna a type of cake? Served al dente. Number two, unicorn funfetti with extra sprinkles served in a mason jar. Or number three, a pea pie served on pea day. That might be pie pie. I don't know. Let's go unicorn. Unicorn. Stick with unicorns. Last question. Question number eight. What was the last thing you you Google searched? Number one, my birth chart and horoscope for today. Number two, how many hashtags is too many? And number three, how to get free pasta 24 hours. <laughs> Let's go number three. Yeah, I thought so. Sticking with a pasta Italian <laughs> vibe, yeah. All right. Would you like to know your results? It's loading now. Okay. We have a result here. I know I've never heard of it. I'm going to have to Google this. <laughs> oh so bizarre excuse the typing (laughs) noise for a moment while i google exactly what the fuck this means this doesn't seem like a serious thing to me i got scientology right you want to hear what you got yeah your result is noodle ferianism what the fuck is that no i just googled it (laughs) (laughs) i just googled it and there are no results, but there is an adult content lock on my on my internet. So it really, really is. Is. <laughs> it's not me the right thing. Maybe it's proper <laughs> weird. Um, there's a little bit of writing here. It says you fucking love pasta, <laughs> which they're not wrong. I do. I do love pasta. Yeah. Maybe there is such thing as a good cult. Maybe. Maybe you should start one. Maybe start a pasta cult. Yeah. Nicole's pasta cult. Ronel. <laughs> Nicole Pasta, <laughs> Cult of Pasta, House of a Thousand Pastas. Anyway, I'm going to finish reading this. So you would do anything for pasta. At this point, your blood is 97% pasta sauce. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, brilliant. Olive Garden oh knows God. your regular order and you have Domino's on speed dial. Oh, Domino's. There's yeah. better pizza joints than Domino's. Oh, yeah, I agree. Brilliant. Papa John's. So you're you're a noodle ferianist. <laughs> there you go. Shall I put I this on Instagram? It. I'm going to put this on Instagram. And I'm going to share your results. Yeah. As a noodle noodle ferianist, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to screenshot that now. We'll put it on after the show. That actually went a lot better than I thought it was going to go. Um, so I do have a quiz on me. Do you want to do the questions anyway, or do you want to skip past them? We could just do it. Why not? Bit of fun. Right. I've got five questions for you now. I'm not going to do what you did and give you advantage because you always have the advantage on Stitch Up anyway, so (laughs) fuck you. So I've got five questions for you. Okay. The first question is true or false, and the rest of them will be multiple choice. Right. So the first question, in Scientology, it is scripture to use vinegar when cleaning windows. Is that true or false? True. Correct. (laughs) I have to use vinegar. (laughs) That's brilliant. No, they have to. They have to. They have to use vinegar. Number two. Okay. Nexium was originally known as something else. Can you name 
what it used to be known as. Option A is the People's Temple. Option B is ESP. And option C is Larry David. ESP. Correct. It stands for Executive Success Programme. So question number three. The Jonestown Massacre story was dramatised in a 2013 film by Ty West. What was the name of that film? A, The Master. B, The Reef. Or C, The Sacrament. It's got to be The Reef. (laughs) I'm going to say The Sacrament. Correct. Ooh. Three out of three so far. Question number four. What Kevin Smith film used the Westboro Baptist Church former leader Fred Phelps as a basis for its villain? Was it A, Red State? Was it B, Tusk? Or was it C, Dogma? It's either A or C, I feel. I'm going to get this wrong. I'm going to go A. Correct. Oi! I threw Dogma in there (laughs) to confuse it, I must admit. (laughs) Oh, well done. Four out of of five. So just this one then to get a full house. Okay. Right, question number five. Who is the cult leader charged with the murder of Sharon Tate? Is it A, Ted Bundy, B, Charles Manson, or C, Jeffrey Dahmer? I'm going to say Ted Bundy. I could be wrong, though. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'll go with A. You didn't use any of your bonus helplines. Oh, did I, did I have bonus helplines? No. Oh. <laughs> so you're going for A, Ted Bundy. Yeah. Incorrect, I'm afraid. It was Charles Manson. But you got four out of five. That's pretty good. Oh, that's not bad. You got four out of five and you've got your own cult to start. So it's been a good day. Yeah. So now we've learned so much about cults. Let's move on to talk about films. We've got Midsommar and The Ritual. So Midsommar came out in 2019. It was directed by Ari Aster, who also had done Hereditary before that. The budget was $9 million and the worldwide box office was $48 million. Cast, uh, Florence Pugh as Danny Ardor, Jack Rayner as Christian, Willem Blomgren as Pele, William Jackson as Josh and Will Porter as Mark. So last time I, I sped through the synopsis uh, and it was kind of unnecessary, really, because it was a long old synopsis. And the film is is pretty simple, really. It's a film about a breakup, mm-hmm. but also cults. The film starts with um, Danny's parents and her sister. Her sister had suicided her parents. She killed her parents and herself. So Danny's left alone. And she's only got a boyfriend left, Christian, to sort of lean on. And he's mm-hmm. very resentful. And he's... Um, you kind of think, oh, he just doesn't want to be in this relationship. And you feel kind of bad that they've both got to stay together because of this thing that's happened. Like you don't mm. want to be that person that breaks up with someone after a tragedy, do you? Which is understandable. Yeah. But as the film goes on, what I really like about it, like you see more and more about their relationship and how he's very, quite dismissive of her feelings and he doesn't really care. He just wants to be seen to be doing the right thing. He doesn't re- he's not really that invested on, in what she's feeling, as we see throughout the mm. film. Um, I'll get into this, but this is the second time I've seen this, and I really, really highly recommend a second watch because uh, you. This was the first time watch for you, was it? The first time watch for me, yeah. I'd really recommend a, a second viewing because there's so much going on with the set design in the backgrounds. There's lots of murals, like even as early as when Danny's crying in her apartment. Even then, we'll get into the bear stuff. But the, yeah. even in her apartment, there's a, there's <laughs> like a painting of a bear. I think it's a, a ah. child offering something up to a bear. And I hadn't obviously noticed that before because I didn't know the ending, but sort of knowing that, I, that kind of, 
it's just foreshadowing it's throughout the yeah. whole film. Yeah, from the very from the very first frame, there's stuff going on in the background, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about this film is, is the set design. Oh, this would have been so much fun. This this movie to work on. Right, it would have been. It would have been um, just yeah. very interesting. A lot of costs on costume. Mm. Uh, lots of money spent on flowers and flower arrangements yeah i wonder if they're fresh flowers i mean if it was fresh flowers my god they would have there would have been so much money spent on that flowers don't last that long it's like you've got a week like that end scene when uh florence uh what's her name danny danny so when danny's um she's covered in flowers like i wonder how if they they would have they would have had to shoot that over a couple of days, I reckon. If you've got two days to shoot this, they might last, but who knows? And they've got, to, but they've got to look proper. Fa- I wonder if they could tidy anything up with um, with CGI uh, in post with that sort of thing. But they did. Uh, I don't mm. know if you noticed, but because obviously throughout the film they're always taking mushrooms, aren't they? They're always tripping off their ass. A lot of the background, I don't know if you noticed, but like you would see the trees every now and again would just like fade and yes. wobble slightly. And yeah. so would the flowers that, that they're wearing these head pieces with all these flowers in. Sometimes the flowers would yeah. open up and close. The first confronting thing for this film is when the two elderly people, they go up to the cliff and you're like, oh, they're not going to jump. And then next minute, it's just like, and you're like, what the fuck? And just like how um, how their bodies Mm. Uh, mutilated on the ground and then the sorry to be a bit gory but the man he kind of is still alive when he like hits the ground and everyone screaming is like ah and then one of the one of the individuals like smashes his brain out and it's mm. just like it's so intense i think it's for me it's so intense because the build-up is so long I think it's the last score is 10 minutes long that leads up to the very last shot. But you hardly notice it. It just builds and builds and builds. But Mm. yeah, and I think that's what they did with that scene too. There was so much build up. But I think as the two people were standing up the top, I think the the first thing we see is is Danny reacting. And that's the first thing we see. Before we see them jumping off, we see Danny grab Christian's arm and go like that. And then it cuts to the woman falling off of (laughs) her jump, falling. She jumps uh, and then she gets her head caved in. And we see it. In, oh, it's only a flash, but it's a very gory flash. It's yeah. not like it's it's not a lingering shot. But then, as you as you mentioned, we see the dude jump, <laughs> and it goes to a wide shot, and it made me cringe because it goes to a wide shot, and you just see him hit the ground, legs first, yeah. and then just just fall over, and you hear his 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 legs Ugh. snap like twigs, don't you? <laughs> and he's yeah. just lying on the ground, and his legs are off, and they go and get a mallet, and they finish him off, and. And you mentioned groaning as well because he hadn't died. All of the community are sharing his pain, aren't they? That's that's what I liked about mm. this community. That was the appealing thing about this community is that they share everything and they all share their pain and stuff. And they're all groaning, and then they, old, old Timmy Mallet goes and take takes him out, doesn't he? And they don't yeah. leave. Why would you no, not leave? They, <laughs> they don't leave because because Christian and one of the other one of his other mates they want to yeah. do their thesis on this on this uh tradition yeah christian is piggybacking off of josh and he steals his idea and he says i want to do my yeah my thesis on on this midsummer on this midsummer cult so josh is pissed but they're all the whole group of them i don't think there's really a, a nice or altruistic person amongst any of them they're all a little bit 
egotistical. They're all a little bit arrogant mm. and self-serving. And none of them are particularly pleasant, which I guess it has to be that way because it doesn't end well for any of them. No, except for Danny. She gets over her breakup. You know, this is a, a film about a breakup and, and Ari Aster has been very open about that. You see, it's a film about a breakup and also it's a film about codependency. So she actually goes from one codependent relationship and she actually joins a cult, which is the most codependent relationship that you could you could think of. So it's, yeah. while it's a positive and uplifting story, it's, I mean, I just used the words positive and uplifting for Midsummer casually, like it's nothing. But it, it, I, it is, I do find it quite uplifting when I'm watching it. And then you go away and think about it and think, oh, it's quite dark actually. But it does shock you as well. The prosthetics in this film and like the end scene, how they got all the individuals that got sacrificed what you mean the, the stuffed corpses at the end yeah yeah because they they look like soft toys i think the, yeah it looked like they were just meant to be gutted like uh, and they yeah. just filled their corpses up with fruits and foliage yeah a lot of, a lot of work went into that and that final scene i mean i i found it quite funny actually yeah uh, because well Danny, we skipped ahead, but Danny, basically, she becomes the May Queen, right? Which is this thing they've been talking about all Mm -hmm. through the film. She becomes the May Queen. Everyone thinks she's shit hot. Uh, She gets over Christian, Um, but not before. She has to choose. So she has to choose to sacrifice one more person in this ritual that they do every 90 years. And she's got a choice between Christian and one of the other members of the cult that were chosen at random and she obviously yeah. chooses christian it cuts from her sort of pondering her choice to <laughs> it cuts to christian being wheeled in into the uh into the yellow triangle and he's been sewn into a bear suit which is made from bear skin <laughs> and i love yeah i really love that shot when we cut to his face just like well, what the fuck is going on but he's been drugged and he can't move and yeah he's paralyzed yeah yeah and he just, he goes up in flames. But there's no reaction on his face, no nothing. And that's almost scarier, I think. This, this guy, Ari Aster, he's got a very interesting imagination. I mean, what else? We could go on forever but about Midsummer, but uh, maybe we should just think about wrapping it up and just giving our final thoughts. Yeah. What do you reckon? I love this film. As, as much as it's fucked up, like really messed up, I thought it was fantastic. What I'd like to do is what is get hold of the three-hour version. So the one I watched was on yeah. on a Prime, and that was a two and a half, two hour twenty-seven or two forty-two. I can't remember. It was one of those. Yeah. But I really want to get the director's cut. When I first saw this film, it was an eight out of ten. Um, I enjoyed it. I think I enjoyed it a bit more this time, and I'm going to give it a nine out of ten. If I can carry on watching it over and over again, it might slip into a ten. But for me, it's a it's a solid, easy nine out of ten thoroughly enjoy watching it and i love the cathartic ending of it and how it's a happy ending but also is a fucking bleak ending and i love how it just plays with both of those things and goes from one to the other it's fucking genius in my opinion have you got a score have you got a score because it don't count unless you give it a number (laughs) um i'm giving this also a nine out of ten first watch nine Solid. Right, so nice and uplifting story from Midsummer. Let's um, move on to the ritual, <laughs> which was also about a cult in Sweden. So the ritual came out in 2017. It was directed by David Bruckner, who I, w- I mentioned VHS 2 earlier that I watched that. David Bruckner yes. did a section in VHS 1. 
and it looks to me like he's mostly worked on anthology films actually so i could be wrong but it looks to me like this is his first full-length feature it was based on a novel by adam neville cast rafe spall as luke arsha ali as phil robert james collier as hutch and sam troughton as dom the film so this the i was going to say the sacrament i've got cults on the brain the ritual um (laughs) it starts off with five lads they're in a pub and they're planning a lad's holiday but one of them luke who clearly is the one that hasn't kind of grown up and sort of grown up face responsibilities yeah that's what it feels like he drags rob into an off license anyway there's a robbery rob dies luke has an opportunity to stand up for his friend but he chooses to hide and now he can't do anything about it like he's just got to live with that decision so it skips forward and they're all thinking about their friend and they're kind of they go to sweden on a walking uh, holiday to put him to rest and just like sharing sharing their final memory of their friend right dom gets a dodgy leg and they have to take a shortcut enter plot this is only a 90 minute film but again it's a very slow burn it's very it's an hour before we see any cult before we see any other humans outside of their the central group they spend the mm-hmm. first hour sort of milling about in a the forest they they find the rainy cabin they go to sleep and they have what you could only describe as the worst fucking night sleep that anyone has ever had in the history of of humankind except yeah. from people that camp at music festivals <laughs> uh, but there's this there's this there's this like straw witchcraft thing upstairs and one of them wakes up in the morning and he's naked and he's not praying to it luke wakes up having slept walked and, and walked outside and he's got like a marking on his chest it looks like he's been marked by a beast spoilers it is a beast an actual beast like luke obviously he he this situation that happened at the bottle he feels quite guilty about it and that's why he's got this mark on his chest because he's been chosen Mm, mm. to be to not be sacrificed and the other guys you know little things have happened in their lives and you know so not as traumatic as luke so that's why they get chosen to be sacrificed it chooses him because he is in well they say it's because he's in pain but it's also because he is afraid he's got a lot of fear and he this mm. so this beast needs people to worship it as we find out at the end of the film like it seems to draw its power from people's fear and people worshiping it and it chooses luke because it thinks that that's what luke's going to do but luke's redemption arc is that no he's not going to do that this time this time he's going to stand up for himself and and try and do the the right thing uh, despite how he, how afraid he is and that's what i really enjoyed about it so like, when i first started watching it i was like this is a bit of a bleak film the first hour was a bit bleak but when it got to the end i actually found it quite uplifting in a, in a strange way just because of what it's about what what this film is about it's about facing your fear and it's a very i mean it's bleak in one way because it's sort of saying well you're fucked either way you know either you, <laughs> you either you face your fear and you might get hurt or injured or die or you don't face your fear and you'll be tormented for life but it's a very it's a very stoic approach i think and i, I connected with that quite a lot and it's got a really good monster in it i wonder um how close it is to the description in the book or, or if they just could totally mm. make their own thing who knows but yeah like you say the beast chooses luke and he goes on his redemption arc because they get they get captured by the end of it there's two left it's just luke and dom the others have various been attached to trees and skinned or whatever and limbs yeah. taken off but while he's while he's sort of locked up he confronts his fear and decides to escape and set fire to 
the whole place. He's got an opportunity to just run away, but he decides to take another shot at the beast to try and take it out. And then he has his like final battle, his final confrontation. Yeah, I really enjoyed this film, mate. I think the opposite to you, because I thought it dragged on a bit at the start. Like it was like maybe 40 minutes to an hour until it really got interesting. I thought the when they just enter the forest and, you know, they're bickering at each other, that really annoyed me. And it wasn't like, it yeah. wasn't just like a once-off thing yeah. and then they moved on. Like it happened a few times. I really liked the creature. But yeah, maybe I need to watch this another time to fully enjoy this film. I, I, re- I enjoyed it. It's not, it's, no, it's not one of my favourites or anything. I just think it's a pretty decent, solid film. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a pretty solid 8 out of 10 for me, this one. Wow. Hmm. I'm going to give this a 6.5 out of 10. Oh, a 6.5, eh? Oh, what else have you scored at 6.5? What did you give Grandy Magazine? Didn't you give that a 5? Yeah, I gave that a 5. <laughs> no, 6.5, it's close. It's kind of close to seven. Yeah, it's not which bad. Which is like our like average average score. All right, so we're done with films about cults, and thank the Lord, baby Jesus, because my soul is starting to feel <laughs> very, very dark. <laughs> so let's move on. Let's move away from cults now, and let's move on to the next part of section two, where we've got to pick our films for next week. This time it is your turn to choose the topic and the theme. So what are you going for, mate? Uh, my topic for this week is because on the 21st of October, Rebecca came out on Netflix, which is an adaptation to uh, a book. I thought adaptations for this week's topic. Okay. So pretty wide topic there to choose from. You, could, you said adaptations, so you could go books, you could go... Uh, comic books you could go <laughs> plays you could there i mean computer games i mean there are many different ways of reading this which is good um if you say twilight i'm done with this podcast <laughs> i definitely don't have twilight on my choices <laughs> all right so you what we're going to do is we're going to pick three each and then knock two out of each other's list to come up with a final one each so what is your three nicole so number one is Hunt for the Wilder People. Okay. Taika Waititi? Yes. Number two is Gone Girl. Ooh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm going to go even more darker. And number three is Room. Oh, bloody hell. Okay, right. So now I'm going to give you my three. Number one mm-hmm. is 30 Days of Night. Number two is Fight Club. And number three is The Martian. So to recap then, you have chosen Hunt for the Wilder People, Gone Girl and Room. Not The Room. No, not The Room. <laughs> not The Room. <laughs> and I, I've picked... <laughs> You're tearing me apart! <laughs> um, I, and I've picked, I've picked 30 Days of Night, Fight Club and The Martian. I know what I'm knocking out of yours. I'm knocking The Room out. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's fine. I chose this film because I've actually read the book and I went to the cinema to see this. What are you going to knock out of mine? First impressions. I'm going to get rid of 30 Days of Night. Fuck's sake. (laughs) Okay, so to recap then, in your list, we've got left Hunt for the Wilder People and Gone Girl. And in my list remains is Fight Club and The Martian. Have you got some... 
information pieces and synopsises or whatever information you want to offer to me about your two films? Yeah, Hunt for the Wolder People, uh, directed by Taika Waititi, uh, came out in 2016, 101 minutes long. Tagline is, nature just got gangster. And synopsis is, Ricky is a defiant young city kid who finds himself on the run with his foster uncle in the wild New Zealand bush. The two are forced to put aside their differences and work together to survive. Sam Neill is also in this. Ah. He plays the uncle. I think you might, might, you've not seen this? I've not seen this, but I think, I, I think it's something I would enjoy. I think so. I think you would, yeah. yeah. Gone Girl, Stabby. Gone Girl. Psychopath Woman. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it came out in 2014. It's 149 minutes long. Wow. And the synopsis is, with his wife's disappearance has become the focus of an intense media cir- circus, a man sees the spotlight turned on him when it suspects that he may not be innocent. Have you seen this one? I have seen this film. Is it Rose Byrne? Who's the, who's the lead? Rosemond, Rosemond Pike. Rosemond Pike. I always get those two mixed up. What about your films, Dan? Alrighty. So I've got Fight Club, which is my first, my first option. I'm holding up the Blu-ray cover here, which you can't see because this is a podcast, which has just occurred to me. <laughs> but it, it came out in, in 1999 and it is based on a book. And it was directed by David Fincher, which we've mentioned a few times. It's 133 minutes long. It stars Ed Norton and Brad Pitt. I think everyone knows what Fight Club is. Um, But a very quick synopsis is uh, Norton gives a riveting performance as a label-obsessed insomniac on the verge of going postal. Befriending a scummy soap salesman, Brad Pitt, he embarks on an existential crusade that takes them both to the brutal, raw heights of their manhood. Also starring Helena Bonham Carter as the sexy psycho who comes between them, Fight Club is a bold, inventive, sustained adrenaline rush of a movie by Variety magazine that may leave you feeling bruised and bloodied, but also invigorated and alive. Um, Mm. Yeah, I mean, what can you say about Fight Club without spoiling the fuck out of it? Rule number one about Fight Club. shit. Yeah, good good point. (laughs) Mm, (laughs) Don't mention it. Don't mention it. Rule number one of Fight Club, don't mention it. All right, good point. So my second choice is The Martian, and that came out in 2015, and it stars Matt Damon, and it was directed by... Damon. Damon. It was directed by Mr. Ridley Scott, and it was uh, adapted by a novel, from a novel by uh, Andy Weir, which came out in 2011. I saw this at the cinema, um, and it surprised me how much I enjoyed it. I was... I do like a sci-fi. I like a good sci-fi film, but this looked a little bit kind of sci-fi popcorn-y to me. Um, mm. But what it was, it was actually just a very entertaining film about a bloke what grows some potatoes on Mars. And I ended up really enjoying it. <laughs> yeah. I've seen it a couple of times now, and this is the Matt Damon show. And those are my choices. I, I know what I'm going for in yours. Okay, I'm going to go first. I'm going to knock out Gone Girl. Mm-hmm. And the reason I'm doing that is because it's very fucking long. And I saw it relatively recently, maybe about a year ago. I'm knocking out Gone Girl. We're going to keep Hunt for the Wilder people. What are you going for? I am going for Fight Club. 
you're knocking out the Martian. I am. I have. I've seen the Martian, and like I was actually looking at my letterbox this week. I was like, oh, Fight Club. I really want to watch this film sometime soon. So, mm. and then you mentioned it. I was like, all right, this is this is why I'm going to choose this there you film. Go. I mean, to be honest, when you read your three out, I knew what I was going for instantly as well, but I just went along with it. Uh, brilliant. Okay, so next week then, it's your topic. So it's your turn to do research. Thank the Lord. Our topic mm. is adaptations, and we're going to be watching Hunt for the Wilder People and Fight Club. Honourable mentions. I've got some um, some honourable mentions from our Instagram powers again. I, I put another question out uh, and sort of said, what would you choose? You know, what are some of yours? Us laughing at us on Instagram said Chicago. Mm-hmm. which was never going to make my list not in a million years <laughs> <laughs> um but it was quite a good suggestion i don't think any of us would have come up with that film foods film.foods on instagram they said in her shoes and perfume the story of a murderer i'm not familiar with either of those and the the last suggestion we got was from sarah at radio gore press and she suggested nightbreed which is based on the clive barker novel cabal and she also mm-hmm. mentioned the crow and her last suggestion was Ghost World, which also was based on a graphic novel. And that's all of our suggestions, mate. So um, what are some of your suggestions, mate? You got any honourable mentions that you nearly put on? I do. I've got Firestarter. Ooh, Stephen King. Yeah. An Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Uh, Children of Men. That's a really good film. I nearly put this on. And then my last one is Call Me By Your Name. I, I had... Uh, so many honorable mentions so but i'm just going to mention the ones that i really sort of enjoy that i really like american psycho uh, which is probably my favorite adaptation i would say jurassic park dread die hard based on a book and Total christmas special christmas special <laughs> die hard could be on our christmas special <laughs> and the final one is total recall which was based on a philip k dick story i think i believe it was called um we remember it for you wholesale, I think, if I remember correctly. I've got it written down, but I can't be bothered to find the notes. Mm-hmm. And that is all of my honourable mentions on adaptations. Shall we move on to the final section of uh, this little podcast, which is Stitch Up, which basically, you may as well just say, <laughs> this is my section of the show. This is the third time in a row that I've lost the poll. And I, it was the, the, the lovely listeners and people on Instagram decided that they wanted me to watch romance on the menu so um, and i've watched i watched this recently and it's fucking shit really okay question yeah where did you watch it on netflix mm. on netflix then is it is it not on netflix in in the uk no <gasps> no 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 oh no so i went on to amazon and it's not on there either Wow, it must be just an Australian release. I really, I really tried very hard to, to find it. I opened up Google and, and typed in. I even tried to look on other, like, just to see where in the world it was available. And even I mm. went to, I think, American Netflix and, and American Prime. Or, it wasn't there? No, it wasn't on any of them. Interesting. <laughs> it's, just, it's not available. It's only available in Australia. So did you watch the alternative film? Yeah, I did. I'll, um, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give a brief rundown about Romance on the Menu. So it's this American woman who has a restaurant and she's very particular and she wants everything done her way. She doesn't trust anyone. Anyway, her auntie passes away who lives in Australia and uh, she's got this little cafe 
the main cook is the guy that she ends up falling in love with and they come up with a recipe for love oh uh, i don't mind i don't mind the chef i forgot what his name i think his last name is chef actually or, of or cook. no his last name is cook his last name is cook oh, i forgot the actor's name but he's been on home and away or i think he's been on both but more recently he's been on on home and away i guess i didn't mind his acting as much but like the the corny relationship between these two it's just like oh god this is just terrible just like yeah bit too corny for me i tend to watch romance films just to zone out a bit but yeah go on what tell me about the film that i was originally supposed to watch to be honest if it's too corny for you there's not a a hope chance in hell that i would have enjoyed it (laughs) but i'll be honest with you i've watched i've been watching mainly bad horror films lately and Mm -hmm. part of me was looking forward to just something a bit different i guess like i I wouldn't go as far to say i was looking forward to watching romance in the menu not on your nelly but I was looking forward to a bit of a change of pace. I was slightly disappointed when I couldn't find it. And also, I really didn't want to fucking watch Birdemic. Um, it. I, but I had to watch it. You got your way in the end because it was on your list for me to watch anyway. So I've, I've written down a few notes. I've done a little mind map on Birdemic. Not that it needs one. But I haven't written down the year or anything. I'm just going to get straight into Birdemic, right? So Birdemic. It's called Birdemic Shock and Terror, right? But it, it, mm-hmm. you, another title for this could be, I don't know, birdemic a really unsubtle uh, global warming film or birdemic a film about burning fossil fuels and how that's bad it's about birds that start attacking humans but they don't do that for 45 oh, minutes God. and one of the biggest criticisms i've ha- i have of these type of films is when they're dull 100 percent. this is the most poorly made film that i have ever sat through like it's worse than extraterrestrial visitors it's like really? in terms of the make. It's worse than Drainiac. It's worse than Drainiac. No way. Fuck right? me. The audio is. <laughs> the dialogue is horrible. The audio is terrible. The sound quality is worse than this podcast. <laughs> like, wow. Can you believe it? Yeah. Um, and I, I'm, I don't know what year this film came out. I'm not going to bother to look it up. But if it was in the last 100 years, it would be a disappointing thing. But it's basically just, I say story, Rod is this really successful businessman who gets a, does a sale for a million quid and he's the best thing since sliced bread. He meets Natalie in a cafe and she falls in love with him immediately because he's staring because he stares at her a little bit. And there's some really weird lingering shots mm-hmm. when she's just like walking away and he's just staring at her. And I don't think it's meant to be weird. I just don't think that they realized what they were making. I've watched a few YouTube videos on this, like reviews and, you know, worst films ever made and that sort of thing. Someone has posited, I've seen a few times that this is intentionally bad. People have, they've made this terrible on purpose, which may mm. be true. But I, I think it would even in some way be more difficult to make a film this bad. I don't think you could make something this terrible on purpose. There's a news report that Rod, Rod's watching at one point, right? And this is, honestly, this is a bit of dialogue for the film. It's how bad this is. So he's just watching the television, eating, eating a donut, right? So the news, <laughs> the, news, the news is reporting on the ice caps and how they're melting. Subtle, right? And it says, 
<laughs> polar bears are moving north, although many have died of, of starvation due to the difficulty of finding food, such as baby seals. Why, why elaborate on baby seals? I don't get it. Mm. There's also a bit of dialogue when, <laughs> when, when Rod scores big with his company, right? He's, he's awesome, right? He's the big cheese. He's making his million pound sales. His company gets bought out with a, a billion dollar merger. <laughs> And uh, yeah. mate says, so what are you going to do with all of your newfound wealth? You've got to get a fast car to impress Natalie, the, the very attractive fashion model that you've been dating recently. You've got to get a Ferrari or she won't be impressed. And he goes, I don't need a Ferrari. I'm very happy with my Mustang. It's a plug-in electric car and it gets 100 miles to the gallon. That's an actual piece of dialogue in the film. And, uh, and then oh my God. they go on a run. They meet these people in a hotel. Uh, and they grab some coat hangers to protect themselves from the the, the, the killer, coat killer, hangers. Killer bugs. Why are coat <laughs> hangers? Apparently, what I heard was right is that it was meant to be shower poles. But when they got to the hotel that they were filming at, they didn't have any shower poles. So instead of going Brilliant. out and buying something, they just used what they had in the room, which happened to be wire <laughs> coat hangers. And listen, I'm going to send you a link Brilliant. after we've recorded, right? And it just so you can watch yeah. them poking at these CGI beds. Oh. And the birds just hover there, by the way. They don't move. They just hover in front of these people. And there's this just audio loop of the birds walking. Right. And that's fucking annoying and grating for like the four and a half seconds that I just did that for. Imagine that sporadically spread out through 90 minutes of a film or hour and 28 or whatever it was. I already had a headache when I started this film. And by the end of it, that headache was a hell of a lot fucking worse. Uh, the, the the best bit for me that really sums up the film is they they're on the run uh rod natalie and these other people that they've met and inexplicably they just bump into a scientist who's standing on a bridge for no reason there's oh who's that dude and then he's like oh i'm a scientist these birds have died mm. from bird flu and they've died from bird flu because of global warming and the, the, did you know that the that the oh temperature God. on the earth has risen and the, the polar ice caps are melting because we're all burning fossil fuels and we really should need to find some alternative uh, uh, forms of energy which i agree with all of that i agree with all of that right no question but it's horrible mm-hmm. it's terrible it's, it's cringe it's cringeworthy and then rod and natalie adopt some children because their parents are dead they find a fishing rod and a stove and then they go and catch a fish <laughs> and then they they try to eat the fish and then the, the birds fly off and then it ends so it kind of ends on a cliffhanger because the birds are still around they just fly off into the sea but uh, mm. i guess you're supposed to wait and find out what happens in birdemic 2 there is a birdemic 2 oh yes yeah. <laughs> Oh yes! Oh yes! Oh yes! Um, <laughs> mate, I, I would say this is the epitome of Stitch Up. Human Centipede, notoriously, is the worst film that I've seen. Right? Anyone asking mm. what's the worst film you've seen? It's Human Centipede because of the content, but it's still a film. You know, the the editing's good. It looks all right. It's the sound's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this is nothing. This is this is a student film. This is worse than a student film. I. This is on the same quality level as the film that I made <laughs> like the five minutes oh I no made. way oh when I was 14 I can't give this anything mate this is a this is a zero justice league I, wow I can't I can't give you any Holy points for anything fucking shit I, I can't because it's not even entertaining you know it's not like Mega Piranha where it's it's funny I didn't find this film yeah. funny um, who knows like if you watch this with a group at the cinema, a la The Room, maybe it would be fun. 
but I didn't see as much in it that that would be fun. Uh, apart from, for some reason, there's a, a big British red bus in it and the cyclist. And, yeah, maybe it would be kind of funny to watch with someone. I don't know. But on your own, it's very, very dull. Zero. Fuck. Wow. Fuck Birdemic. Zero Justice Leagues. <sighs> wow. And rest. Let's talk about your poll. Let's, let's talk about my poll. <laughs> Announcement. We forgot to mention what films were on the poll, which was... Breaking Barbie for Nicole or get a job for Dan. <coughs> so I put the poll on yesterday. So let's go on to the Instagram and see where we are. It's not quite finished yet, but we'll just take the results as they stand. Okay. I know when I voted, it said like there had been no votes towards me. And I was like, that can't be right. And then I checked it this morning before I went to work and it was still the same. I was like, no, clearly people haven't woken up. But yeah, do share. I will. Oh, so oh. I, I've lost, I've lost three weeks in a row, and like you say, uh, you voted. You were the only person to vote for quite some time. There were a few more votes, so my mum actually voted for you this time, which I thanked her for. Oh, bless her! And there were eight votes in total. So the person watching a stitch up this week finally is. <laughs> We don't know yet because it's a tie. No! <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I wish I wasn't, but it's four votes each. So we've got a toss for the first time in ages. Do you have a coin? I've got something. Let me grab something see what we've got. What did we toss last time? If you want, I've got money in my hand right now. No, no, don't use money. We need to use something else. Like a, like a button. <laughs> right, here we go. I've got something. What'd you find? Oh, I own the Indiana Jones four films on, on Blu-ray. <laughs> and for the first time ever, I'm going to remove the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. And we're going to toss the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull Blu-ray because I don't care if that gets scratched. So, heads or tails? I'm going to go tails. Okay. So, tails, I'm watching. Get a job. Heads, you're watching. Breaking Barbie. Mm-hmm. Right, we're going to toss the kingdom of the crystal skull. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Stand back. <laughs> it's best of three. <laughs> oh shit! All right. So for the fourth for the fourth time in a row, I am being stitched up, and I've got to watch. Get a job. This is not that bad, considering. <sighs> It's another film. I've watched, I've got to watch another I mean, three films. That, well, that builds up your your movie list for the year. So it builds up the amount I have to work I have to put into the fucking podcast. <laughs> That's what it does. Yeah. At least I've got to do the topic review this time, the topic intro. No. That's, that's a real true. bastard, that is, when you've got to do all of it, when you've got to do the stitch up, the topic review. You you haven't had that pleasure yet, have you? I don't know. I didn't. I guess not. Lost again. It's I've a record. I've got to watch Get a Job. It is a record. I've done three in a row a couple of times. I think the the overall score now is 14-8 or something to me. So mm. I've watched six more stitch-ups than you. Almost double what you've watched. Yeah. So that's fun. I'm going to pick a film for you next week. I know what that film is going to be. Can you go first? Because my morale is a little bit broken at the moment. I don't even know why I watched this film. I'm pretty sure it's on your Netflix because it's like most one of the popular films to watch this week that's coming up on that letterbox 
Um, Adam Sandler's new oh, film. Fuck. <laughs> it's uh, it's the what's it called? The Hoobie Who Hoob style. Hoobie Halloween. <laughs> I remember. Was it Albert had to watch Jack and Jill? <laughs> yeah. I don't think I've watched that from start to finish. No, I certainly haven't. Okay, I am choosing for you. I'm I'm going to give you a rest from horrors. It doesn't seem to be working for me, so I'm going to try a different tap. No. And it's on your. Okay. It's going to be on your Instagram. So I'm hoping that your friends mm-hmm. actually fucking side with me for once. Uh, and I'm choosing for you the hottie and the knotty. <gasps> no. Yeah. Yeah. And it's on Prime. It's available on Prime. The hottie or the knotty? Is that what? Is that what I'm? Potentially watching next week. Yeah, the hottie and the knotty. The not hottie and the knotty. Yeah, you get both. You get a hottie and you get a knotty. I wonder if Paris Hilton is playing both roles. No. Hold on. Did you say Paris Hilton's in this? Yeah. Did I not mention that? Oh, no, you didn't. Oh, no. Yeah, Paris Hilton. Okay, so that is going to be on your Instagram. Uh, it's your turn. Yes. Uh, so the chances are it's going to be five weeks in a row that I fucking lose this thing. But you never know. You never, you never know. You never know. So that's going to be on your Instagram. Uh, where can we find you? You can find me on Chica Nika or Nika Creative on Instagram. And where can we find you, Dan? Also on the Instagram at FlickDocFace. Uh, but we have our own podcast show instagram page which is at twin picks pod um which we just post about our episodes really and what we're recording sometimes the polls or or the polls will go on there and we're asking the questions get some suggestions in for honorable mentions and that sort of thing so yeah give us a follow on there uh email the show at twin picks pod at gmail.com if you would like to and yeah thanks for listening so uh we'll catch up with you next week mr chuck norris won't we yes Farewell, Chuck Norris. Have a lovely week, everyone. Have a lovely week, everybody. Goodbye. Did that sound sincere? (laughs) Or did that sound a a bit sarcastic? I don't know. (laughs) Do you want to do it again? I'm not doing it again.